0: Monday. listen Kimberly just reminded me that it's American Thanksgiving this week so happy pre-Thanksgiving when do you so I looked it up so it falls on a Thursday what does that mean so that when do you celebrate it do you celebrate it on the Thursday or do you wait to the weekend hey girl hey Blanca I love that name Blanca I wish I had like an exotic name Blanca Hey, Dustin. Hey, Connie. Hey, C. Cruz. Hey, girl. Hey, Blanca. I think that's going to be my AKA. I'm going to be Blanca now. <laughs> I love it. Boring old Linda. Linda. What's your name, Linda? What's your name, Blanca? Anyways, all right. Uh, so people say you, happy turkey. So you celebrate on the Thursday? Are we all off for of work that day? Is that what happens? And then do you have to go to work the next day or what? What's happening? Cynthia says, hey, Linda, the U.S. celebrates Thanksgiving on Thursday. So is the following day Friday because you eat and drink too much a day off as well? Like, do you have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off and go back to work on Monday? Like, what's the story there? Uh, uh, Thanks, Linda. It means white. I did know that because your papa français. And Blanca in francais is white rebecca hey girl hey i'm still thinking about our news and gossip on sunday like those secrets that i told y'all i'm still thinking about it and I actually i can't even say that so never mind um yeah okay so happy pre-thanksgiving hope you guys are gonna have an amazing thanksgiving all that great stuff and uh support the show bottom of the screen you can see where you can support the show i'll keep that up for a minute we're talking all things 90 day fiance happily ever after season seven episode 13 can't fight this feeling and listen y'all they started the first segment with ed and liz and they started the second segment with angela and michael and i was like oh lord oh lord why Oh, Linda, that Friday is known as Black Friday due to the enormous sales for Christmas. We have um, Boxing Day, the day after Christmas, which is our big shopping day. Um, we will get the day off. Some people go back to work on Friday. I'm a student. You do that? Hmm. Interesting. Anywho, let's start with unfortunately, uh, Ed and Liz. So y'all know already know how I feel about Ed and Ed specifically Liz because I think she's just clout chasing. I just can't imagine her really wanting to be in a relationship with this dude. But here we are. So um, they're they're gonna go visit his family in Arkansas, which is interesting to me because after watching Ed all of these years, you guys, I never knew he was from Arkansas. From what I understood, he was from San Diego, um, and he has, like, a Hispanic background. So this whole new, like, oh, all my family's in Arkansas. I was like, really? Like, we're just hearing about this now? It seems a little weird to me, but whatever. So they're packing to go to Arkansas because they're going to have a second engagement party. And the thing that was crazy to me, because Ed is Ed, he's like, should I pack my fun underwear? And literally, I said, yuck like, yuck. Jennifer says, Jennifer, you're randomly you threw me out because you said I have three gifts left to get for Christmas, which is amazing and super responsible of you. Am I on your list, Jennifer? Shall I go ahead and send you my address? (laughs) Oh, what's happening with Trina? Oh yeah, Canada does have Black Friday sales too, which I, I, yeah, but I just never pay attention to it. Boxing day is the day you shop. All right. So anyways, he's packing his fun underwear to go to Arkansas to see his extended family. And Liz is nervous because no one really likes her, right? Because of everything Ed has always said about her. And so she's like, you know, I don't have any friends or family coming with me. It's going to be me. And I need you to stick up for me. I need you to defend our relationship. If that indeed, you know, comes up as an issue. So they fly to Arkansas, they land. Ed is wearing these ridiculous pink Crocs that I was just like, this is part of the reason why I just, I can't with you. Like you're just a lot. And we find out, and I think I knew he had a big family, but I can't really remember, but he there's six kids in his family. He's a middle child. Um, and his parents divorced when he was a senior in high school. And they talk a little bit about his dad and how he has some resentment towards his dad because since since the divorce, right? And I'll bring up a picture of his dad and, and his mom. And uh, Norma was pretty fancy back in, I don't know, is this the 60s, the 70s? I don't even know when this is, but she's pretty fancy. Um, And I'm wondering when they show this picture, is that Ed, is that baby supposed to be Ed? And and that's why they showed this specific picture. But he holds some resentment uh, towards his dad who unfortunately passed away about 10 years ago. Um, But before that, when the parents divorced, Uh, Norma moved out to California, and after he graduated from high school, Ed, you know, followed her out to California, and he talked about his history growing up uh, in Arkansas and all of this stuff, and he talks about how, think about this, you guys, and this is what, okay, so on the one hand, I want to feel bad for Ed, but on the second hand, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like he hasn't, made himself a better person because of these things so he only had two dates in high school and then when he went to college he met his ex-wife and then after that he had no relationship for like 30 years and then now he has liz so technically he's had two long-term relationships and two dates in his entire 56 years of life right so i guess he's not in my opinion he's not really he doesn't really have experience with women and maybe that's why he is the way he is. But, and I want to feel bad for him because he, you know, he talks about how he was teased and bullied in high school um, and all of that stuff. But besides that, is he a good person? Like does he come across as a good person? Oh, Raydella says, don't forget about Rose. Well, he didn't really date rose like he went to they had an online relationship in my opinion and then he went to see her for like 10 days and it didn't work out by the end of his trip and so i yeah okay so we'll say he he dated two girls in high school he kind of had a relationship with rose he he has a relationship with liz and he was married okay yeah, uh, eh. the Rose situation. Eh. I, I don't. I can't call Rose a, a relationship because when he went over there, she was like, "Fuck this! I'm not. I'm not dealing with this fool." Um. <clears throat> so he talks about how he was teased and bullied and all of that stuff. Liz talks about how she wasn't teased and bullied, but she didn't have a lot of friends. Uh, in high school. So they kind of bond over that situation. Now, they also showed this photo of Norma, who's in the yellow, Ed's dad, who we didn't actually get to hear what his name was in the white. And then I'm trying to figure out, you guys, which kid, right? So there's six kids. Which kid is supposed to be Ed? I'm thinking... It's the kid in the white on the far right, right? Because he said he was like a middle child. So he's not one of the younger ones. So it's not going to be the kid in front of the dad. It's not going to be the kid in front of his oldest sister. It can't be the girl who's beside the kid in front of the dad, right? So it has to either be the kid in the blue in front of the dad or the kid in front of the sister with the red top or this i think it's the this kid right here in the white um i think the kid on the far left dark shirt really you think the one in the blue top with the three little white buttons and the drink that has like is like brown is ed huh maybe I don't know but i wish they would have told us because i can't even i can't even i don't know like i'm curious i'm curious which kid is ed here but they had a big family six kids is a lot of kids um and i know this is going to sound terrible it's really going to sound terrible you guys and i'm not I'm not trying to be an asshole, but Ed really is the runt of the family. Because if you remember a few seasons back, we met his one of his brothers and they went golfing. And I don't know, everyone just seems normal except for Ed. Ed just is problematic. And it's not, it's not even a, just about his, situ- it's not about like his physical appearance. It's just he's problematic as a person, to me at least I think he is was asking, are all those his siblings? Yes, there's six of them. So you see the three kids on the left, the two kids on the right, and the girl standing in red. That's the eldest daughter. Um, so all six of them are his siblings. Anyways, <clears throat> I think it's interesting. I'm curious because I think, you know, Ed is, is, like I said, I think he's problematic. So um there at his old high school, he tells us that in junior high, he used to run track. And then he tries to explain to us that, you know, he's a runner and then he starts running, but he can't like get down on the ground because he says his stomach is too big. And then he runs for like three seconds. His other breath is like, oh, that's enough, right? And I was like thinking about how he's so hard on Liz to like work out and be in shape and be young and, and hot and sexy and all the things. But meanwhile, you can't even run for less than five seconds. Like, go ahead and focus on yourself fool. like focus on yourself. Because clearly you need to focus on yourself and less about what Liz can and cannot do, in my opinion. So then one of the things that I thought was interesting is so Here's where I'm like, I don't know who edited it. Yeah, Joss was like, called himself too Fat Facts. Joss little facts. So one of the things that I thought was interesting is in the beginning of their segment, Ed was talking to Liz and saying that he hasn't been back to Arkansas in like 40 years. But then when he was talking to camera, he said that after Liz and him broke up for like the umpteenth time, he came back to Arkansas for a couple of months and stayed with his sister, Christine. And I was like, well, so what is it? Have you not been back in 40 years or have you gone back after the breakup? That didn't make sense to me. And I wondered if anyone else caught that because I was like, clearly you're, you're, something is not true here in the statement that you're making. So we meet his sister, Christine and uh, her husband, Jack, They make dinner. Jack apparently is famous for his fried chicken. They're all sitting around the table talking. Christine knows about all of Liz and Ed's breakups. Um, And this is where Ed said that after they broke up that last time, he stayed with her for a couple of months. And I was like, really? Did you? Right, Rebecca? Rebecca says they can't keep their lies straight. Facts. Uh, And Trina's saying, hasn't been to the school in 40 years, maybe. Okay, I'll go with that. I'll go with that, Trina. He didn't say that. But I'll go with that. So Christine is worried just about their relationship. And and she's hoping that her brother is going to be happy. She talks about Norma. And how she has a closer relationship with Norma. And how they talk once or twice a week. And Norma just is really worried about Ed. Doesn't want him to get hurt. Um, you know, is protective of her son. Et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then we find out that Ed hasn't seen his mom in a year since she moved out. Right? And she is now back in California. And he does mention that. She came and stayed in Arkansas for some time and then went back after she moved out of the house and then went back to California and is helping um, aid his uncle, which I'm assuming is her, obviously her brother. Um, And so I was like. I don't know. Just you guys, something about it doesn't sit well with me. Like there's too many, like, Oh, I was in Arkansas and she was in Arkansas, but you haven't seen her in a year. But were you there at the same time as her? When were you there for two months? And when was she there? Like all of it is, I don't know. Just the timeline wasn't matching to me. So anyways, he says he hasn't seen his mom in this year, a year. Liz starts crying because she's like, Oh this is a touchy subject because I don't know what Norma has told you guys. And I don't know what she's told the extended family. And, you know, I just really want everyone to love me. And I was like, oh, so let's make this about you. Let's make this about you. Cause it's not really about you. And like Trina is saying, Norma is so sweet. I can't see her having a bad bone in her body and talking crazy about Liz and Ed. I think Liz and Ed are toxic together. And I think that that's why she thinks that Norma would say something um, about her, which I just don't think that she has the capacity to do. (sighs) That's it. That's it. And I'm showing you guys this picture because I just feel like Ed has the audacity to talk crazy to Liz about going to the gym and like, I just think he needs to focus on himself. I really do. I think he needs to focus on himself. Um, I think he needs to definitely get continued therapy and continue to think about, you know, how he can make himself a better person. Uh, My disclaimer for Angela and Michael, as you guys know, Angela is not my favorite. I think she's a vile individual, and she continues to be vile in every single episode. And every time I feel like it can't get any worse, she gets worse and worse and worse, in my opinion. And I'm just I'm tired of her, to be honest, with you guys. I'm tired of her. I know a lot of other bloggers are not covering her. Um, <clears throat> and I just think like, nah, fool, well, no, nah, like, no. Nah. She's like vile, you guys. Like, she. The thing that makes me crazy about her is she doesn't really take responsibility for any of her words or actions at all. She constantly blames Michael for everything, and honestly, I think that she thinks she's better than him because she's American and she is white and she's blonde, even though she's like, and I'm, I don't, I'm just gonna say, I think she, she's terrible even though she did all the stuff on the outside, the surgeries, the boob job, the weight loss surgery, all that stuff, her soul is like vile. And it worries me that she is raising children, a bunch of them with her shit attitude and her verbally abusive behavior, and not just verbally, We've seen her be physical this season, and I just think it's terrible. Like, what kind of role model is she to, to those young babies? Like, ew, gross. I think, ew, she's just vile, in my opinion. So take it for what it is, but that's how I feel about her. And I just feel like she is a trashy individual. Anyways, their sex section, their segment opens up with Michael has taken his Instagram down. Um, so she feels like it's a step in the right direction. And he's like, I don't get it because you know she does all the things that she tells me that I can't do, right? So she's doing these TikTok duos with that Billy guy, all the things. Um, and Michael's worried that, he, she's fallen in love with this billy dude, right? So <clears throat> he's he's just concerned about that, which he should be, right? Because I think it's a double standard and even in this episode Michael calls her a hypocrite, which she absolutely is. And so they're in the car and Angela again is blaming him saying, you know, his bad behavior brought her to Nigeria. And I was like, his bad behavior? Let's talk about your bad behavior, every single friggin' episode, how you verbally abuse this man day in and day out. You got physical with him, meaning like you put your hands on him. You tore up his car and you literally talked down to him and try to control his every single move, even though he's a grown ass man. I don't get it. I don't get it. But you want to talk about his bad behavior and not yours. And you don't think that you've done anything wrong ever meanwhile you're the most insecure abusive woman in the 90-day franchise history but you don't see anything wrong with yourself please explain that so they're driving uh, and she's blaming him for everything that he's ever done wrong and they're going to the mechanic to get the car fixed and that's kind of like michael's revenge like you messed up my car I took down my Instagram. So you're going to pay for my messed up car. And the thing about Michael is like, I want to feel bad for him, but then he also allows and accepts this behavior. Right. And, and yeah, I get it. He wants to get to America and all this stuff. But at what point do you say it's just not worth it? Like, when do you say it's just not worth it? So he says he's happy that they made up and The thing is though, he's happy, but he's also worried because they have communication issues. So he wants to go to marriage counseling. Now they went to one session seasons ago and Angela was like, "Mm, I'm not feeling it, right? So when he broaches the subject to her again this time round while they're at the mechanic place, she's like, no, she doesn't need counseling. Her exact words were, I don't need anyone telling me how to handle my man. She goes on to say that she doesn't see anything wrong with her. And she basically blames Michael for everything and says everything that's wrong. Look at me, I'm like already, I just wanna like, I wanna go off, but I wanna be like, not an asshole. But like, it just drives me crazy. Drives me crazy, drives me crazy. So she doesn't think there's anything wrong with her. Michael's the issue. He's always the issue. Everything that's wrong in their relationship, it's because of Michael. And Michael's basically like, you know what? She's a hypocrite. And I add to my notes that she's not only a hypocrite, she's vile. She's a vile individual. She's a vile individual, you guys. And I challenge you live chat and I challenge you everyone watching this is my challenge to you. Tell me one redeeming, great quality about Angela. Okay, and I'll, I'll wait for the live chat to pop off. One redeeming, great quality about Angela so that I can, I can be like, well, at least she's this or at least she's that because I sat and thought about it while I was watching this episode. And I couldn't think of one thing. So I'm putting the challenge out to you. One redeeming quality about Angela. Please let me know. And if you're watching the replay, let me know in the comments. And I'll be like, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll hit you back. But I need to I need someone to say this is the one redeeming quality about her. <sighs> so she doesn't want to go to therapy because she doesn't want to be told what to do. And she says something about her mom, Saying, you know, once you get to a certain age, you can't you don't change who you are. And I was like, Well, I don't think you've ever changed. Whether you're 20 or or 56 or however old she is, she's not gonna change because it's it's who she is as a person, and she doesn't take responsibility for the fact that she's a terrible person. And I know I reference this a lot in my videos, but if you guys look about look back to earlier this year when she was taking a flight back home to um, atlanta how she treated the flight attendant she was disgusting she was disgusting, and someone filmed her and she was disgusting and people had to come and like it was just a gross situation like she's just gross Uh, Cynthia says, I can't think of anything redeeming about Angela, only insults. I mean, I'm still waiting. I don't see anyone popping off, not one person, which says a lot, in my opinion. I'll still wait, though. So they're headed to marriage counseling. um, And. Okay. Okay. If you know me, you know I'm not American, but I just—I I don't know any. None of my friends in America dress like this, and I don't know anyone that is this this way. That Allison says as a redeeming quality hasn't murdered anyone, and then quote yet. I mean, do we know that for a fact, Allison? Do we know that for a fact? I just watched a documentary of that nurse was that was killing people, and I'm I mean, I'm just saying. Do we know that for a fact? Okay, so they're headed to marriage counseling, and Angela decides that she's gonna wear a full-on USA outfit um, and this stupid friggin' ponytail that I cannot stand. So her her shoes is the American flag, her purse is the American flag. She's got red, white, and blue on shirt and then this red taffeta is it taffeta is that is that how would I call it where's where's Vanessa when I need her taffeta I think it is but whatever this red thing I where did she even find this little red cover up business and then the red the red sunglasses on top of her head with this shit ass synthetic ponytail that it just dropped she literally you guys takes time to curl the synthetic ponytail like angela could you at least invest in some human hair so that your hair doesn't look so ridiculous and like she gels it back she gels her real hair back and then she pops on this friggin synthetic ponytail and it just looks ridiculous It just looks ridiculous to me. And it's, I also think that this is her trying to make a power play, thinking that she's, you know, she's, I'm American with the hard KKK's. That's how I feel she is. And y'all can come for me if you want, but she's she's one of those. And she's made it known that she's one of those. And so it's so interesting to me that she's with Michael, but then at the same time, look how she treats Michael and it all makes sense, right? She has, and it's gonna sound terrible, but it's true. She has a colonizer mentality and she thinks that she's better than Michael who's from a third world country. But if she came back to America, she wouldn't be better than anyone. She would be literally considered trash. She's not educated. The way she speaks and like the words that come out of her mouth are vile and disgusting. And all she knows how to do is instead of communicating, she feels like if she's loud and abusive and cussing that she can overpower people. And I just think it's gross. I just think it's a gross. and I think she's gross. So they get to therapy the same marriage counselor that they went to that one time and um, they talk about how they have trust issues because of distance. I think Angela's insecure as a person and she's trying to get security through Michael and she wants Michael to tell her how beautiful she is, how amazing she is, how much he loves her, all the things so that she can get outside validation when really she can't validate herself because she doesn't love herself. And I've always said to you guys, you can't, if you don't love yourself, nothing that anyone else outside of you does is going to be enough. And that's why she's never satisfied. Hi, Donna, you're new. welcome, not saying how good she is at it. But she's a caretaker for elderly people. Uh, And I'll tell you this, Donna, she hasn't been a caretaker in years. And I I mean, obviously, I don't know how good she is at it, but her personality seems like shit. So I can't imagine her. Any caretaker that I've ever come across has been compassionate and understanding, communicative, and responsible. I can't say any of those things about Angela. So that's probably why she's not a caretaker anymore. So... they have trust issues because of the distance in their relationship. I think Angela's insecure. She tells the therapist or counselor about how Michael had Instagram. He was talking to other women on Instagram and how he lies. All the issues in their relationship is because of him, yada, yada, yada. And Michael then tries to respond and Angela cuts them off. And the counselor says, you know, I encourage you, when one person is speaking, the other person should listen. And Angela's face, you guys, if you saw her face in this moment, I was like, oh, see, like she just, I'm sorry, she's just trash. She couldn't believe that another woman who is trained in marriage therapy was literally putting her in her place. And so... Michael goes on to talk about some of the issues that he's having in a relationship. But as he's looking at her, he's not really being honest. And I honestly do think that Michael's scared of Angela. And I think he's scared of her because he doesn't want her to embarrass him in, in, in front of other people. And also, too, he doesn't want to mess up his green card because he's been in this situation for so long. Facts, Stevie, facts. Sly says her eyes threw daggers at the counselor, facts. Oh, this woman, oh, this woman. So Michael takes responsibility for all the things that Angela accuses him of. Um, And he says, you know, basically he's gonna do better. And then the counselor's like, you know, Angela, Are you going to believe him? And can you take him at face value for his word? And she's like, oh, well, I'll try. (laughs) Okay, Angela, whatever. And then, so the counselor's like, you know, do you have anything to basically confess? And Angela says, um, she talks about this Billy guy. And she says that how she was duetting on TikTok with Billy, uh, to get attention. And then she developed a crush on Billy. And then they show these pictures, you guys, of Billy from like a million years ago. He's, I don't know what they called him, but he's some, I don't know, exotic dancer. I don't know what he was, but they called him the blah, 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 blah. I couldn't be bothered to write it down. Um, But I was like, those pictures are from like, what? 1960? 1970? Like, what? Right. 40 years ago. Thank you, C. Cruz. Hey, girl. Hi, by the way. Um, I was like, that is not what those duets look like, because I've looked at those duets, and that's not the person that I saw. Hey, Texas Gina. Hey, girl. Hi. So anyways, fast forward. He has kidney disease. So she tells Michael in this therapy session that she's going to go to Canada to see him, which, again, uh, there's so many things I want to say about this. So you know, I noticed that a lot of the men now, well not a lot, but two of them now are from Canada, which I I think is interesting. Um, and then Mike Michael's like trying to put his foot down, like you can't you can't go and see him. I want to put my foot down. And the reason I don't want you to go is because I'm afraid to lose her to another man. And literally, you guys, I fell out. Like I literally started laughing. There's no other man. Michael, trust me right now when I say this, you have no worries, you have no problem. No one is going to put up with her nonsense. No one's going to put up with her verbal abuse. No one's going to put up with her ugly behavior. No one's going to put up with like this whole rowdy, low-class, trashy behavior. Trust and believe. That's why she thinks that she can go to third world country, get this in her mind, some naive, ignorant Nigerian to put up with her. Ain't nobody trying to be with Angela. I would put Angela and Ed in the same category. How many How many relationships do you think Angela has had in her life? Not a lot. I'm sure she's, I, I mean, I can't see it. I can't see it. Can't see it. Don't believe it. Don't believe he has anything to worry about at all steal your woman give me a friggin break (sighs) yes i agree she's so vulgar texas gina moving on to andre and libby again another toxic relationship i'm actually really worried about andre and libby and the whole situation and i'm gonna give a slow clap To her sister Becky because Becky has said everything that I've been saying from the jump. He's abusive. He's isolating. Libby's not being herself around him. She's not making wise decisions. She's following his lead. I think Libby's scared of him. I think that she's like, you know, I don't want to break up my, my family because this is my family. But at the same time, she's realizing that this can't be a good thing like she misses her sisters so bravo becky in my opinion now the one thing i will say is keep your hands to yourself i don't think you should ever put hands on anyone else keep your hands to yourself but besides that the fact that libby excuse me the fact that becky was able to meet andre where he is meaning andre is just as vulgar as Angela, cusses every five seconds, thinks he can bully any woman. And so what did Becky do? Becky met him at his level and challenged him. And if you could have seen his face, y'all, I should have taken a screenshot. If you could have seen his face, he wasn't prepared to be challenged by any woman. So he was shocked. And that's why after when she settled down, he didn't say another word because he was so shocked uh, another woman would stand up to him because his wife clearly doesn't. Jen yells back, but he doesn't respect her. But when Becky took it to the level where he understands, it was a wrap. It was a wrap. So um, they're meeting with Jen and Becky because Becky uh, called Libby to meet up. They didn't know that Andre was coming. They're driving in the car and Andre just has terrible things to say, because again, I think he's grooming Libby to isolate her away from her family. So he says that, you know, they're probably trying to kiss your ass and say, sorry. And he's like, you know, I'll, I'll wipe my ass with their stories and quote, if you want to keep this relationship alive, because I said now that we don't need to, So he's basically saying if you want to still keep this relationship with your sister going okay we'll try one more time but i already told you that we don't need to those are her sisters your husband is trying to seclude you away from your sisters because he thinks they're trash and you're allowing this to happen you have had no problems with your sisters and in fact Y'all were tight, thick as thieves until Andre got into the situation. And then because they're calling him out and seeing him for the terrible, vile individual that he is, because you married him, you're sticking by his side and not really seeing the full picture. Okay. So he calls uh, her family a bunch of buffoons. And again, this is where I'm telling you guys that he's isolating her. He's isolating her. And that is, it's a a form of abuse. It's a form of abuse because that's how it starts, right? They start isolating you. You can't have any friends of your own. You can't talk to your family. She couldn't even come to this meet by herself. And he, in his own words, he wasn't going to leave her alone. So he was coming as well. (sighs) Jazza says Libby's is between a rock and a hard place Um, I mean I guess so I think that you know Libby I, I guess so I guess she's trying to you know salvage and keep her marriage but at the same time I do think that he's abusive and abuse comes in many forms and unfortunately I think that we're seeing, I mean, you guys, if he's willing to do this on TV, what is he doing after the cameras or without the cameras? It's scary. I think it's scary. I think it's scary and it's very clear to me that he's isolating her. And so... Becky talks about how she's feeling bad for Libby and how she wants, she wanted to meet because she doesn't know what's going on in Libby's life. And she wanted to meet up with him and, or excuse me, meet up with her and see where Libby is in her life. So they're all sitting there it's silent and silent and Andre breaks the silence by saying, so what do we owe your invitation? And then Jen's like, I don't remember inviting you. And Becky's like, yeah, I didn't even know you were coming. And he's like, yeah, I wasn't going to let my wife come alone. And I didn't want to leave my wife here. And again, that is controlling, isolating behavior. So your wife can't meet up with her sisters without you. Why? Because you want to direct the narrative. You want to be out here and call the shots. You wanna hear firsthand what the sisters are saying because if the sisters say something that makes sense while you're not there, then maybe Libby will come to her senses. That is abuse, you guys. It's abusive. It's abusive. That's why he's the one that's doing all the talking and she's just sitting there. It was, it's like bizarre to me. I'm like, this whole season is full of like toxic, abusive people that this is, these cannot be healthy relationships. So Becky says the same thing. She's like, she says to camera, you know, my sister, she couldn't even come here alone. Um, I don't understand it. I think that, you know, he's isolating her from the family. And Andrea's like, are you gonna congratulate your sister first about the pregnancy or are you gonna be what you are? And Jen's like, you know what? Why would we congratulate her? Because what you guys did by posting your pregnancy on social media for the world to see, before even talking to like us, meaning, hey, we were been so close, was premeditated and it was calculated. And Libby would not have made that decision on her own. Like, how do you post that you're pregnant and not tell us? Like, are we not special to you? Or are we not your sisters? Uh, like, we all went through our first pregnancy together, and all of a sudden, you're not telling us? Where is the root of that? Well, the root of that is Andre, which is what Becky has been saying. And I, I absolutely agree with her. And then Andre has the audacity. To blame pamela for everything so pamela the mom right their mom all these kids mom andre blames her for everything and blames pamela for jen and becky's behavior and i was like well what about your behavior look how you talk to your wife's sisters look how you Like, not only do you cuss in front of your little daughter, Ellie and you cuss at your wife, Libby, here you are literally like venom popping out of your mouth towards your wife's sisters. And where is this venom coming from? Because you wouldn't be where you are and without this family, you wouldn't have a lick of of money without this family. You came with nothing. You had nothing. You went to Chuck for a loan. You got a job because of Chuck. You got a career because of Chuck. You got a new home because of Chuck. And here you are thinking that you're better than? Okay. Got it. So (sighs) he goes on to say that um, Becky and Jen are kissing their mama's ass, I can't believe that they went to her birthday. They're like sheep and followers. And I was like, um, but that's their mother. And I know I've said this to you guys before in the past, but your mom turns 60, whatever she is, once in her life, your mom's not going to be here forever. Those are the memories that you're going to have. And you have a husband that wants to isolate everyone away from their own flesh and blood y'all have the same dna and this fool comes in and wants to say no one can talk to the mother because i hate her no one can be around pamela because i said so and i blame so when joslo you're asking what is the root of andre's venom is because he wants to control everything and everything that's going on in libby's family and he can't he can't control pamela he can't control Jen, he can't control Becky, can't control Charlie, he thinks he controls Chuck but he can't and that's why he wants to isolate Libby and plant these false things in her head and make her stay away from the family so that it's only about him and what he wants and what he wants her to do. Hey, April. Hey, girl. Hey. Um, shouting out to Holloway legal. Uh, we did an amazing interview with April. She's an immigration attorney, a little bit of what you guys saw. And I know that we're going to talk about Kimberly and Usman next about immigration and K1 visa. She broke it down with us for about an hour over on our Patreon. Um, and so we were already in the know. We already knew that this second wife situation was not going to happen. But I digress. So back to Andre and Libby. Um, Andre starts cussing at Jen and says Jen is jealous of him. Says he made seven hundred And I'm trying to think, was he trying to say he made 750000 last year? Or seven hundred and fifty dollars, because all he said was seven hundred and fifty. Uh, and calls Jen and Ethan broke. ass uh, ask, and then is pointing in her her face, and that's when Becky loses it. Tells him to you know shut the f up, stop yelling, and she she puts hands on him, which I don't agree with, but says you know get some effing respect. You don't give a f about anyone you don't even give a F about Libby. She just went off y'all and said all the things that I've been saying. He's walling Libby away from her family, excluding himself, excuse me, excluding her from anyone that cares about her, which is again, very abusive and toxic um, behavior. And Becky's like, trying to get through to Libby. Like, Libby, do you see that you're not even the same person that you normally are? You're not acting, you're not behaving like the same person, which often, unfortunately, you guys, is what happens in abusive relationships. The abused loses themselves and they just want peace so they go with whatever the abuser says and does. And it's really it's really sad to watch. So then Becky start Becky calms down. She starts crying and says, "You know what you did with posting on social media without you know talking to your sisters really hurt me. Um, and you know I don't want to be estranged from my little sister." She says, "But it looks like it's heading that direction per Andre's motives, which I absolutely agree with. He's isolating. He's a." Ab- verbally abusing with his like cussing at her all the time and he makes all the decisions she just has to go with it those are all abusive behaviors and then libby sees that her sister becky's really upset she tries to go and console her she talks about how chuck um wants them all to go to therapy and becky makes a joke saying you know how much therapy our family needs and absolutely absolutely they all need therapy <sighs> yellow if anything this season is 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 a testament in what n- what kind of relationship not to be in seriously that's that's what i'm seeing from from this season so far is you don't really want to have this type of of relationship. You don't want to have this type of relationship. You definitely don't want to have this type of relationship. It's terrible. All right, Kimberly and Isman, You guys, I don't see the chemistry with these two. I just don't. I don't see it. And I think it's bizarre. And I just, the more... Screen time they get, the they get, the more I'm just like, what is like, what's the purpose of this? Like, what's the purpose of these two? I think that Usman is a great marketer uh, in the fact that he's always um, flaunting his Soldier Boy or official Soldier Boy merch. (laughs) Oh my god, he's so it's so crazy, you guys! Like, I have I have not. This man is not on the show for a relationship. This man is strictly on the show to promote his musical career, and I, I ju- and he just thinks he's the prize. He thinks he's so amazing. He thinks he's so great that it just—it's beyond me. It's beyond me. He is definitely not the most attractive. He his head is so big that he thinks like he's God's gift to everyone. And it just doesn't make sense to me. <sighs> Radella says, it frustrates me that TLC co-signs this abusive behavior in this relationship. Absolutely. Me too. Raydella. Um, Holloway Legal PLLC says, I agree, Raydella. I was actually horrified at Andre's behavior in Moldova, but they keep being invited back to the show. So maybe they don't think it's abuse. I don't know. Um, so, so last day in Sokoto, <laughs> I can't even take this serious, you guys. Okay, so so last day in Sokoto, he's brought Kim to the house that he bought. And like, just FYI, you guys, when he bought that house, if you guys remember, and you follow him on social media, he posted how much money like he was like a millionaire. Um, how much money he was making off a cameo and he used the money from cameo to buy this house and i just so it just made me laugh like all the times that kimberly has come to visit him they always stay in a hotel and she's never been to his place but that that's your future wife okay so you finally bring kimberly over to help decorate the house but what are you decorating the house with with all your many awards (laughs) if this man doesn't love himself more than any other person i don't know what is i don't know what is he what awards you didn't get a freaking grammy you didn't get an american music award uh you're not on spotify's you know top 100 you're not even on billboard's top 100 what freaking i don't even think if there is a thing of you know African Billboard 100 no one knows you outside of your stinking little community but you want to go you want to have Kimberly come to the house to help decorate not like oh let's take some pictures of us and put some pictures up of of the two of us how we're a happy couple no i want to put awards awards up of me everything i'm so great Kimberly has to help me put up all these awards because i'm so great oh fuck off <sighs> Meanwhile, Kimberly <laughs> Kimberly probably made some of the the words for him. She got an award for perfect attendance in the first grade. She ordered them on Amazon. Okay. Okay. Oh my god. Okay. So, meanwhile. Kimberly's gushing about being so happy about getting the blessing um, that she's just ecstatic she talks about how this was the best moment of her life most exhilarating moment of her life she says she's jumped out of a plane 72 times but this getting the blessing was more exhilarating than, than that um And then she talks about adding her wifely womanly touch to his house and i was like wait what you're adding what because these all these awards are all about him there's not one picture of you he's not talking about you so what wifely womanly touch you're basically like he's like this is my award about how i'm an international superstar where should i put this this is another award where i said i was an international superstar and someone wrote it down and i framed it where should i put that one stop it so they're putting up all of these soldier boy items (laughs) you guys i can't even do this properly it's ridiculous Huh. And he says he needs something. He asks her to go to go to his bedroom. She goes to the bedroom. I don't even know what she was looking for. I don't think she knew what she was looking for. But when he comes when she comes back, he's down on one knee and says, babe, babe, after all we've been through, now we're here in Nigeria, we've been battling, we've been struggling. My mom said, yes, so if truly I love you, what else would I wait? Will you marry me, babe? Now I have to tell you that her proposal to him, terrible. His answer was terrible. there was no chemistry as far as I'm concerned. And his proposal to her, even worse, even worse, we struggled, we battled. If I truly love you, why should I wait? No, well, you might as well just say, I'm gonna go ahead and propose to you because I'm really trying to get this green card. And it's not because I wanna live in in America, is I think that I'm a superstar and I think that when I get to America, I'm going to be friends with Chrissy Teigen um, and John Legend, and they're going to think that my music is just as great as Michael Jackson. So I want to be able to flow in and out of, of the U.S. because I'm an international superstar. So um, it's great that this has happened, and it's great that we've battled and all of this stuff. So will you marry me? That's, that's basically what he was saying. She says yes. And then he goes on. Who says this, you guys? I got you a real diamond ring. I got you a real diamond ring? As opposed to what? A cubic zirconia? I got you a real diamond ring. Here it is. They hug, which again shows me that they have no chemistry. Because if you guys notice, every time they kiss, and I mean... I'm a mess for you guys. Like, I just want to just laugh. Like, tears are coming down my face. Snot's rolling down my nose because this is all just so ridiculous. Okay, so when they kiss, they kiss like this. So normally when people, like, love each other and there's chemistry, you you feel it in the kiss. You feel it, right? But they kiss like this, you guys. This is, this is Kimberly and I'm Usman. They kiss like this. There's no like real connection. There's just like, let me peck you. Act like it's a long time. And then that's it. (sighs) All right, great. Then, and a lot of people will have a lot a lot of stuff to say by this about this, but so I think they have no chemistry. I think that they're doing this for clout and fame, and that's it, and to be on TV, period, Um, especially as men. So Kimberly then goes on to say that they should go uh, do yummy, yummy in the bed so that you'll remember me and remember that I was here. And did you guys see his reaction? He stood there like he didn't want to. He was very, very hesitant. He was definitely not gung-ho about it like at all. And then they act like they're going to the bedroom all happy. But Osman was like, oh, hell no. And you know what? I don't believe that they've had ever, ever, not one time. I don't believe they've ever had sex. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't think they've ever had sex at all. So they're back in Abuja and Kimberly again says, oh my God, I can kiss you here now. And he's like, uh, not really. And then she says, you always have an excuse for everything. Which brings me back to the fact that they have no chemistry and he never wants to touch her, he never wants to kiss her, he doesn't want to have sex with her, he doesn't want anything but that that green card to allow him to do music in the US. And one of the things that I continue, and maybe April will be able to answer this, You know i know that nigeria there was a a ban in america on a lot of african countries um but i why can't and and also too if you guys remember when usman faked that he was on tour in the us and he showed a fake new york city billboard in times square he showed a fake billboard in atlanta and he was showing with his fake Louis Vuitton bags how he was in each city. Do you remember all of that, you guys? I still I somewhere in my my files I have pictures of it. So he faked it. He faked that he was coming on a soldier boy tour. And I wanna know why he why he hasn't been to America. Like, why can't he get here on his own? I'm curious about that. I'm curious. He can't get like a visitor visa and come on through. She always has to go there. Y'all, if you want to talk about a Yahoo boy, which incidentally, his new project, he's working on a new YouTube project, a new series, and it's called Yahoo boy. If that doesn't say something, I don't know what does. like you know when they say con artists they they basically tell you who they are just have to listen to them this fool is doing a series called yahoo boy which he's starring in did i tell you that he faked having a billboard in times square (laughs) did i tell you that i go to new york all the time and i was like a friend of mine works at one of the hotels there, I was like, hey, listen, do you walk by such and such place? He's like, yeah. I was like, can you see if there's actually uh, one of those billboards with this guy named Soldier Boy? He's like, soldier who? Soldier Boy from the US? No, it's, it's soldier with no U. You know what he said to me? He's like, Linda, I don't have time for this. international superstar (laughs) okay so (laughs) soldier boy says you know, the reason why he wants to have this Cayman visa is he wants to have, he doesn't necessarily want to live in the U.S. He wants to have access to both countries. He wants to do his music in the U.S. and his business in Nigeria. And I was like, what's your business? Isn't your business your, your music? I mean, I don't even understand what you're talking about. Do you have another side hustle that we don't know about? Because we know you don't work. You just do this music stuff. oh my god the live chat is popping that's funny so he wants to have access by getting this k1 visa so they get back to the hotel and they're calling the immigration lawyer which i think is interesting that that they're like oh we have our immigration lawyer I was like, well, why would you not have started there and you've not talked to her yet? So, um, they're calling her to see how they can, quote, push the K-1 visa. So, they're talking to Carmilla Taylor, uh, who's an immigration lawyer. She says that the K-1 visa process can take six to eight months. Uh, She also says, so then, um, Usman says that part of him going to America is he has to be able to come back to Nigeria every three to four months. And she explains, and I can attest to that, that it's not possible, right? So it's not possible. You can't travel until you have your documents. So you get to the U.S. and April can back me up on this. Um, <clears throat> You get to the U.S. You have to get married within those 90 days. And then after you're married, you have to stay in the US until you have your paperwork and that can take additional months. And so you can't then be like, oh, I'm going back to Nigeria um, in three months because you can't travel until you have your paperwork. And she explains, Carmilla explains like, you know, the main reason you get a K-1 visa is that you want to be with your wife. You can't live without her and you want to live together. And I started laughing because that's not his main reason. His main reason is that he wants to come to America because he thinks he's an internationally superstar and that he's going to be living next door, like I said to Chrissy Tegan, and John Legend. (sighs) So no to that. No, you're not coming back every three, four months, at least until you get your paperwork and your paperwork is going to take at least a year. Okay. And April agrees. Yes, exactly. I know that for a fact. Next. uh, Kimberly reads out the marriage agreement, you know, about like your money is your money. My money is my money, blah, blah, blah. Um, And then she talks about how he can marry a young lady in the future to have children. And Carmilla's like, "Um, yeah, there's a law against polygamy and you can't marry more than one woman in the U.S. And then Kimberly thinks that he can marry a woman from his region in Nigeria um, and it just won't be recognized in the U.S. And Carmilla, the lawyer, was like, "Nah, it's prohibited. You could lose your green card if they found out you were married to more than one person. I don't care where in the world that you are. Period. You have to follow the rules and comply to the u.s laws to get and also maintain your green card which april told us i want to say we did the interview with april april did we do it last week or the week before don't remember but you you can't you can't i don't you can't come on a k1 visa say that you love this woman to death and you want to be with her and then be like oh just joking I also want to go back to Nigeria and marry this other person and think that you're going to maintain your green card because don't forget you guys when you get a green card the first green card is conditional you have it for two years and then with like Andre You either are going to have another interview or they're going to say, oh, you're up for renewal and the next green card is going to be for 10 years. But that is all about maintaining a green card. So if they find out, let's say you get your two year green card and they find out, oh, in those two years, you married someone else. So you're in a polygamous relationship. Do you think you're going to be renewed for a 10 year green card? No, you're not. Um... Holloway legal PLLC says this is actually a misunderstanding that a lot of my clients, all men have had, they think that when they leave their country, the marriage there suddenly doesn't exist outside those borders, that part. So, um, it's a dead end. So if he marries Kimberly, he's not going to be able to marry someone else and have younger and have kids. It's a dead end. And they're like, well, is it a dead end? And I'm telling you, it's a dead end. Either he's going to marry Kimberly and then have a mistress and have a baby at a wedlock that he can never marry that other second person and just have babies. He tries to say that he's going to adopt And then we see in the preview that he expects Kimberly to raise the kid that he's going to adopt, but guaranteeing that his mama didn't give the second blessing to, you know, an old, another, another old American woman for him to adopt any type of baby. She wants a bloodline and you can ask any African family. It's not, it's not about that. They, she wants a bloodline period. So um, what I thought was ridiculous is that they think that they can work together and quote, beat the system. They think that they have, um, that they can put a plan together and work through it. And so there's that. And then he takes her to the airport. In the car, she's like, you know, I love being around you. What does he say to that? I know you love being around me. Um, And he's like, hey, babe, you got me. Like, he's the prize. Like he's the prize, ridiculous. Moving on um, to Jovi and Yara. There was not a lot going on with Jovi and Yara, as far as I'm concerned. They're on. They're leaving Prague, going to Germany uh, to meet her bestie Karina, who's a refugee from Ukraine, and Yara wants to help her. And you know, in The drive towards Germany. She wants to stop and buy her friend stuff because um, her friend came with just like a bag of documents and a little bit of clothes. So she wants to help as much as she can help. So she goes with her mom um, while Jovi goes and gets gassed with his friend Talmadge. Is that how you say it? Talmadge? Anyways, Talmadge is also problematic as far as I'm concerned. So the mom Absolutely. I said it last week. I said it the week before. The mom has an agenda. Okay. The mom, in my opinion, thinks uh, Yara is living the American dream that Yara is rich now. That's why she wants Yara to buy an apartment. And she wants Yara, in my opinion, she wants Yara's marriage to fail so that Yara can come back with all the riches from America and live with her and they can be together. So the mom is pushing for Yara and Mila to stay longer. And she's like, you know, Jovi can leave and go back and go to work and you stay here with me. And she's like, we can stay and we can help more people. And, you know, she's, she's banking on Yara feeling guilty that she, you know, is from Ukraine, but she was, while war broke out, she was safe in the US and all of her friends are suffering. And so her mom tells her again for the second time to stay. We'll be together. And so she's planting these seeds and she's been planting these seeds for for quite a few episodes now. And Yara is starting to buy into it. So Yara tells Jovi that she wants to stay and help people. And she wants to do that while Jovi goes back to the US and goes to work. And he doesn't like the idea. And this is where this Talmadge guy jumps in with his opinion. I was like, just like I said last week, who, who the F are you? You haven't seen Jovi in like 10 years or whatever, and you think you have a say in their marriage? You think you have an opinion on what Yara and Jovi should be doing? Stop it. You don't know her for five seconds, and you're saying that she should go back with the family, that she should do this. You know what? You better shut your mouth. That's what I would say. You don't know me. You don't know this marriage. And you haven't even seen Jovi for 10 years, so what are you freaking talking about? But you think you have a say in our marriage? Stop it. (sighs) Jovi's pissed as well, saying, you know, every day you're coming up with a different reason to stay away, and I don't like it. Um, Facts. Holloway Legal says, I didn't like the friend sticking his nose in, but I did like Shida's friend, so maybe I don't like men. (laughs) Oh, my God, that's funny. (laughs) That's funny we're getting to to Shida's friend as well. Okay, so the mom says for the third time, you know, don't what don't worry, Joby will be working anyways, it's better that you stay here with me. And I'm just gonna call it she's sabotaging. She's sabotaging. And I just feel like she's probably still and this is probably gonna be an unpopular opinion. But I think that she's like bitter from her her ex-husband taking all her money she, she hates men all the things and like I said she sees that her daughter's successful in America and wants her to bring that success back and share it with her that's what I think I think she's sabotaging her daughter's relationship and she's being very very selfish last and certainly I'll just say lastly we'll talk about Shida and Bilal. Um, I think this whole situation is so weird and I'm tired of the same two things. We know, we know that Shida wants a baby and we know that she wants her yoga studio. I don't know how many times she can say it. I mean, we're 13 episodes in and she said it from episode one. I get it. I think Bilal gets it. I think Bilal doesn't think that he's going to have to do anything for any time soon. So, one of the things and which is where i disagree with april is shida was glad that her friend Utris was sticking up for her um but at the same time she doesn't want to antagonize Bilal. now again i feel like when you're in a relationship especially a marriage it's the two of you so i do agree with Bilal; like it's none of this girl's business what they do in their marriage you can talk to your friend about your marriage, but what your friend is not about to do is come into the marriage and say, let's talk about this, this, and this. Can you imagine you guys, all my married folks, can you imagine? Okay. I'm going to, I don't even know. Texas Gina, Texas Gina married for years. We are, are great friends. I've never met her husband. And then I fly out to Texas and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, by the way, husband, are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? Because Texas Gina has told me all the things that she's upset about in her relationship. And I come in randomly and start questioning her husband. No, that's not how it works. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. It would be none of my business. And I literally would be intruding in a relationship that I I only heard one side of. It makes no sense to me. So Anyways, they're shopping and they're talking. Um, Utris apologizes to Shida saying she didn't mean to make her feel uncomfortable, but Bilal used some words that she didn't like, asks Shida you know, is he always like that? Does he do this with you? Obviously he does because we know Bilal, we know that he mansplains and we know that he talks down to her on a regular. She answers you know, this is a difficult question for me to answer. I will say that it's hard to get my point across because he deflects a lot, which ultimately means, yes, the way he talked to you, the way you saw him, is how he talks to me on a regular basis. So she goes on to say that Bilal can be difficult to deal with um, and that they haven't had a conversation about children since they went to the doctor's appointment. And how she wants to talk about it, but how she doesn't know how to broach it with him. And then she talks about the yoga studio and how she's not going to have the yoga studio now because Bilal told her that she doesn't have credit in the U.S. Um, And her friend Nutris is like, you know what? You have to disarm him. You want, I want you, she says, to get everything that you've always wanted. Now, I think it's great that her friend is being supportive, um, but at the same time, a lot of the stuff, in my opinion, is just not her business. I just I just think it's not her business, and I think that if Shada can't communicate with her husband and expects her friend to communicate for her, then you're in a shitty relationship. And you guys are supposed to be newlyweds. Why did you even get married if you can't communicate? Because I know that you guys know that I tell you there are four things that you need to talk about before you get in a serious relationship with anyone. And it's clear to me that y'all didn't have that conversation. And now you expect someone else to fight your battles who's not in the relationship. So <clears throat> then she goes on, Shada goes on to say that she wants her friend Nutris to convince Bilal. To have a baby sooner and to get her yoga studio up and running. What? What? Okay. She comes back. He's on the bed, apparently working. And Shida tells Bilal that he offended Utris. And he's like, What? I offended her? If anything, it would be nice if she gave me an apology and explains to Shida that he felt that she was overstepping some boundaries, which I I'm not a fan of Bilal. I think he's, I'm not a fan of him, but I do agree with him on this, that I think that the friend was overstepping some boundaries and being in a relationship that she's not. Um, So they decide that, uterus and Bilal are gonna meet up so he meets up with her and you guys you know what i can't stand the most of the most of the most i can't stand a phony baloney i cannot so he gets there and he has this phony kindness hey how's it going oh don't worry don't get up don't how you doing things good you good you want i hate a phony person like i can't i can't even you guys i cannot Don't be phony to my face after we were just fighting yesterday and you call me a bunch of names and I called you a bunch of names and today you're gonna be like, hey, how's it going? Then Bilal tries to tell us, the 90 Day Fiance fans, that the previous night he was in a joking mode, so he apologizes if he didn't, if she didn't get his jokes. First of all, this whole facade that Bilal thinks he's some weird prankster, it's bizarre. A, I'm gonna tell you right now, Bilal, you're not funny. B, you're not funny, and C, you're not funny. So <clears throat> Nutris asks about the prenups, excuse me, the prenup and the kids and the yoga space, she calls it. And this fool, you guys, twists everything around because he manipulates situations. So he says, well, I didn't say that I was going to help Shida get a yoga studio. I said that I would help get her yoga business off the ground meaning like I'd help her with marketing and a website. I was like, did did Shada not read the fine print of this prenup? Because she clearly thinks that it's a yoga space and talk to him about looking and getting a yoga space. And now he's trying to say that I'm gonna help you with some marketing, maybe some SEO and build your website from Wix. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> oh <laughs> on go daddy real quick let me just go ahead and buy this domain real quick for 1999 for five years and boom i've held up my end of the prenup <laughs> <laughs> Then he goes on to say that he's always wanted more children lies again, but he wants to wait a year and a half to two years. And even though there's only a 5% chance that she can get pregnant in the next three years, he still wants to wait because you know what, he's lying. He doesn't want more kids with her. And also he wants to control her. Um, and so Uterus is like, well, what happens if, you know, Shada gets pregnant in the next six months? And he's like, well, I don't want a baby in the next six months, but you know, thank you, God, if she does get pregnant, but he again, insists, I'm not planning for a baby in the next six months. And then this is where I thought Utriss was a little bit trifling because like you guys, I couldn't be in a relationship with someone was plotting against me. Like, so Utriss says, well, maybe Shia, I'm going to tell Shida that she can forget to take her birth control and problem solved. Problem solved. So y'all are scheming and scamming in your marriages? You guys can't have proper conversation. So let me get this straight. Shida and Bilal obviously did not communicate. They obviously didn't tell each other where they wanted to be in their future. They didn't talk about children. They didn't talk about proper finances and what exactly Shida expected from him and what he expected from her. And so now you have your outside friend telling helping you or telling you or advising you to plot up and plan against your husband. And like how people say, you know, poke holes in the condom, don't take your birth control. And all of a sudden you have a shock baby, knowing that your husband doesn't want a baby, but then you've always said that you wanted a baby and you marry him anyways. Like how does that build trust and confidence in the relationship? It doesn't make any sense to me. And I would, I would, I would rather be alone than be in a relationship where I'm conniving and conning in the relationship to get what I want. That doesn't make any sense. Clearly you sh- two shouldn't be together if you guys are not on the same page and moving in the same direction. Slycat says, hey girl, by the way, me either. The friend's advice was just wrong. And um, April says, also Belal still wears condoms. So, and then, Hey Stevie, Stevie says that's so wrong. <laughs> April says, all do this won't matter. All of this won't matter. Cause he had a vasectomy. He only wears a condom cause he doesn't like the mess. I made all that up, but it it's true, but I think it's true. It sounds true. I mean, it sounds right up his alley. So and Slycat says, Bilal already doesn't trust Shida. If she just stops, stops taking the pill, it will be over for sure. I mean, I just don't even think that why are you guys in this situation? Did you not have the conversation? Why did you get married? Why did you get married? But then also, Bilal is like a big gaslighter. So he probably said, Yeah, 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 we'll do that. Don't worry, don't worry. Seems to me like he just wants to have a woman to control. And which is why I go back to saying that this is the most toxic season that I've ever watched, where you're like, These are the relationships that you don't want to get into. And I'll say this you don't want to get in a relationship. Ed and Liz, why? Because Ed is Ed and we all know who Ed is and how he preys on young girls. Angela and Michael because Angela is an abuser. Andre and Libby, why? Because Andre is an abuser. Kimberly and Usman because Usman is a user. I don't have anything to say about Jovi and Yara. I think that they're only ones that I'm rooting for. And then Shida and Bilal because Bilal is a gaslighter and a mansplainer. And, you know, he's trying to control his wife as well. So make it make sense. Where are the healthy relationships? Because in this whole season, Jovi and are the only ones that I can be like, they're working it out. That's it. Anyways, you guys, that is the episode. Thank you guys so much for watching. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Um, I'm going to venture into some true crime stuff. I think we're starting that tomorrow. I have to double check. I'm going to uh, be doing that with Gio, but I just want to confirm his availability. So if you guys like true crime, definitely make sure to keep your alerts on because we're going to start from the very beginning of the first 48. Until then, have an amazing rest of evening. Have an amazing, I'll see you guys before the holiday. The holiday, again, it's on Thursday, Kimberly said. So I'll see you guys before Thursday. Bye for now.